0: Hey everyone, my name is Brendan Patrick and I also have another person here with me. What's your name?
1: My name is Sophie and it's twenty nineteen. Um
0: hey everyone. Uh again, this is Brendan, that's Sophie, and you're listening to Superlit. podcast pertaining to books about the lgbt community hey sophie hello are you excited about 20 by teen
1: i'm so excited um most of it's been bad but that's just because the world is bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> yikes but
1: janelle Monet performed at the grammys and she looked so good and she performed the bi anthem of last year and dance with a lot of ladies. So Can it we good.
0: also talk about St. Vincent performing with Dua Lipa and giving me strong lesbian energy?
1: I didn't see that one, but Twitter, someone on Twitter was just like blowing up and I was like, what is happening? What's going on?
0: I felt like I felt sexually confused watching that because I was like, oh my god, these these women are giving me the, the eyes, but at each other.
1: Oh, no. Are you straight now? Do we have to replace Yikes. you?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> this keeps happening.
1: We got to get another gay in here. Hold on. Move him out. Move him out.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm going to maintain my rainbow card holding status. Um, but uh, we have something special to talk about before we get into the episode. Uh, how <laughs> We're both bad at this. Okay, so let's get down to it. Y'all know that Sophie loves a good Audible book. Don't you, Sophie?
1: I never learned how to read, so I like when people read to me. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> um, great. Love that. Um,
1: I, didn't... <laughs> so I say something else. No, it's fine. <laughs> I just think it's funny. We're going
0: with that. That's what <laughs> okay. we're going with. Great. Awesome. Um, so a uh, special thing that we have for this year that Sophie and I both can't talk about correctly is that we have an Audible partnership and that means that you can sign up through our link which is www.audibletrial.com backslash podcast and you can get 30 days for free and you also get a free book so go ahead sign up it's free why not um sophie can't say enough good things about the books that she's read is there a book that you would actually suggest because that's always something fun that we can do
1: Ooh, I mean, out of all of the books that we've talked about on the show, the audiobook I would recommend would probably be either Carry On because the voice acting for that is phenomenal or um number one favorite boys um Aristotle Dante because that is read by Lin Manuel Miranda and he has a beautiful voice.
0: Ooh, those are two very iconic choices, I'm going to throw into the ring, what if it's us? Because um, what if it's that book that people love? So, like, why not?
1: What if?
0: Just, like, a huge what if.
1: I'm also just looking at the webpage for a link for a partnership, and in addition to the audiobook credit that you get, that you can use on any audiobook that you could possibly want in the universe, you could rent the dictionary and have someone read it to you, probably. I'm not sure if that's true, but you could get A book that's six hours long, you get a book that's 50 hours long, Your Heart's Desire. You also get two Audible Originals credits. So I'm pulling mine up right now because I actually have a few of them.
0: I didn't know that they had Audible Originals.
1: So recently Audible's been doing the thing. They have a lot of books that they'll do Audible-exclusive content. So it'll be the regular audiobook. But at the end, maybe there's, like, an extra interview with the author or, like, an extra little, like, bit of the book that wouldn't origin- be in, like, if you were to get the audiobook anywhere else.
0: I actually really love that. That sounds really cool.
1: But they also have Audible original content, which they usually give you the option – They put about five per month and then you can pick one for free in addition to your audible credit that you can put forth to any book. So one that I haven't listened to yet, but um, I have saved, I think it was for December. It's Stephen Fry's Victorian secrets. And anytime I can listen to Stephen Fry talk about nonsense, I'm here for it. So
0: that sounds really exciting. I didn't know that they had their own like kind of like uh, original things. So this actually sounds like a really cool thing and it's not just like a like a a audio reading app. It actually sounds like there's more to it.
1: Yeah. Um I'm just looking through what's up for February to give you an idea of like the variety of things. Um they have uh looks like a historical essay or something um about Johnny Cash and Folsom Prison there is a minute like a short novella that's romance novel that's called lucky suit there is um a play that's available there's you can get some kind of it looks like an some kind of thing adjacent to oliver twist uh adjacent to
0: oliver twist love that So there's a lot of different things on there, which actually sounds really awesome. And I am really excited to see what our – I hate saying our audience because that sounds weird. I'm excited to hear what people go with. So if you decide to go through our Audible partnership link, please tweet us and tell us what you're going to do with your free credit. Because I'm actually interested, and I love getting suggestions for new books because that's actually kind of how we go through – uh, our podcast. The book that we're actually going to be talking about today was actually sent to me by one of my friends. Um, she t- she spoke to me about it months ago, like during the summer, and she offered to send it to me. And I had it on my shelf because we wanted to start the year off with it. And uh, I actually was really excited that she sent it to me. I love getting books sent to me.
1: Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not-
0: <laughs> Please send us stuff. But yes, Audible, do the thing. Anyway, the... The book for this week that we are going to be talking about is called When Katie McCassidy, and it is by Camille Perry, who is also the author of The Assistance. I don't know anything about that. I might look into that, too. But um, let's start off with – should I read the the book sleeve, Sophie?
1: Yeah, read the summary.
0: (laughs) Before you get mad at me and we start screaming about the book.
1: Before I start screaming, what's the synopsis of this book? (laughs)
0: The very, very straight, not gay synopsis is when it comes to Cassidy, Katie can't think straight. (laughs) Fuck. When it comes to Cassidy, Katie can't think straight. I can't even say that without laughing, um, only because I'm bad at reading, but um, Katie Daniels, a 28-year-old Kentucky transplant with a strong set of traditional values, has just been dumped by her fiancé when she finds herself seated across a negotiating table from native New Yorker Cassidy Price, <laughs> a sexy, self-assured woman wearing a man's suit. Well, at first Katie doesn't know what to think, a chance meeting on a West Village street later that night leads them both to Metropolis, a dimly lit lesbian dive bar that serves as Ka- <laughs> that serves as Cassidy's second home. I'm not going to read the rest of it because, honestly, um, I think that's an- enough information, unless you want me to keep reading it.
1: No, no, I think that was good. It's, yeah, it's your basic rom-com setup, I think.
0: Yeah, and also before we start, I actually really adore that the book is pink and red. Um and it has like it has like a K heart C on it and it's really cute. But uh the way that the book looks aside, it has two women kissing on the cover. But um I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this because uh you you told me that your notes were in all caps.
1: Most of them are in all caps, or they start with ah,
0: or ugh, or uh. So, the one note that I have, because I stopped taking notes uh, literally after my second note in the book, I don't think I initially liked Cassidy in any way, shape, or form.
1: I don't think so either. Actually, I actually don't think I initially liked either of the lead characters, and I ended up liking Cassidy.
0: i initially i think because we start off the book with katie i was like oh this poor woman like this terrible thing happened to her and then we meet cassidy and cassidy is described as a man at first like they meet each other in the hallway and katie thinks that cassidy is a man and uh That has happened to me before where I've seen, like, someone from behind and just been like, oh, that, like, I like that man's haircut. And then they turn and I'm like, oh, my God, that is a very handsome woman or man. I don't I try not to gender people anymore uh, because I don't want to be wrong. And um, Katie definitely was like, yep, that's a man. Definitely a man in a suit, a very nice suit. And then they get up to, like, the meeting and it's just like, oh, my God, it's a woman.
1: Um, I have a really funny story, and I don't know if my roommate will actually let me keep this. I'll text you later if you can keep this in or not. But,
0: um, oh no!
1: No, it's like a really it's a really quick anecdote, but basically, um, she has very short hair, and like when she transitioned and like cut her hair very short, she had like a moment of like, oh no, everyone's gonna think I'm a boy now. And her mom just like very sincerely like looked her in the eye and like took her hand. She's like, oh no, honey. Your boobs are way too big for people to think you're a boy.
0: Oh my god. I for some reason I thought you just meant uh, I thought you just like said that they had transitioned and I was like, "What? Did I miss something?" Um, no. which is perfectly fine if I did. I'm not there all the time. But uh <laughs> I was very confused for a second. Um, but I love her short hair. It's so know, beautiful.
1: It's a, she looks like a badass.
0: You both look really good with short hair and it's very annoying.
1: I had my hair grown out for... Well, I go through phases where I let it grow out, and I had I have just recently recut it and brought it back to, like, a pixie cut and, like, got my undercut back, and, like, I was talking to the girl who, like, my hairstylist. I, that sounds really shitty. I don't want to sound... I was homeless. talking
0: to my hairstylist.
1: Well, I also don't want to be, like, the girl who cuts my hair, because she's, like, a professional hairstylist. Who she's I, a
0: hairstylist, yeah.
1: She's great. I love her so much. She's, like, one well, of my best friends. She's great. Anyway, we sh- as soon as she, like, cut my hair short, we were both like, oh, it's you again. You're back. And I was like, it's me. Here I am. It's m- I'm myself again. I feel great.
0: Surprise, bitch.
1: Surprise, bitch is me. I'm sorry. that We just went on this tangent.
0: It's okay. Um, I completely understand because I... I am letting my hair grow out right now. And it's been a very long battle with wanting to like go back to a pomp because I like doing that style, but I also am really into my hair right now. Um, but that was the first thing that happened in the book with Katie and Cassidy. And it kind of set a weird tone only because like Katie is portrayed as like someone that doesn't know anything about any part of the LGBT community and I guess that happens, but to me I'm just like you live in New York now and your fiance who is like a an art something or other didn't know any gay people. I just don't understand that.
1: Yeah, she was dating a uh, an art um not an art critic.
0: She's he was like he owned a buys, gallery. He, like
1: he's the person who buys the art. The yes. fuck is that called?
0: Um a oh my god, I almost said a conveyor belt. Um a art <laughs> i hello everyone we read this book he works at a gallery and he buys the art for this gallery he's like in charge of that so that's his position so he's in the art world in new york which i understand if you're like actually i don't understand if you're in an art something or other in new york you probably are a stone's throw away from any queer person because that i that's just me saying that i could be wrong but i felt very comfortable in the art community because we had we are a very strong presence in the art community i was
1: gonna say based entirely on just going to art school you're you're surrounded
0: by gays i mean my art school i was like one of, like, five that I knew, and it was really strange to me because uh I even, like, had a run-in with someone who was, like, uh very homophobic at one point in time. Not so much now, but uh we had a problem, and I was like, I go to art school in a metropolitan city. How the F are you talking to me like this? Like, I don't understand. You go to art school. Do you understand that? And... Uh, you can run into that person anywhere. But I'm assuming that in a New York setting of the art world, there is at least one queer person around you. And if you're dating someone in the art world and you've gone to an art world party, you're going to meet a lesbian, a gay person, a trans person. You know, like, someone that doesn't identify as anything. Like, you're going to meet that person.
1: Um, I think, like, a huge problem that I had with, like, this book was just, That a lot of what was told through Katie's perspective Was like infuriating It was like well okay I think the problem that I had with this Is that like a lot of the stuff that's told Through Katie's perspective was supposed to be Like oh I'm naive and I don't Know and I'm from the south and like whatever But it just kind of came off as like Condescending and rude and even The stuff that like I understand that Like the majority of this book is about Her like discovering what like queerness Is and like that community But like I was personally offended by every single time she talked about art, she would just be, like, really dismissive out of it and be like, oh, yeah, whatever that crap my ex-boyfriend used to, like, fucking do, whatever, it's all bullshit, and just, like, be really dismissive. And I'm like, I mean, sure, it's, like, New York and it's galleries, so it's probably, like, overpriced, ridiculous art for rich people, but also, like, don't talk about my friends like that.
0: Yeah, because that was, I think that was another thing I had to like look past with Katie, and I'm I'm sure that Camille doesn't feel this way, so I'm sure she was just writing someone that was like slightly insufferable and got a little bit better over time, but. Uh, The way that Katie is is very much like a grown-ass person who is just coming out and, like, figuring themselves out, which does happen at any age at any time. But she's very much like – it sounds like she's that person at the beginning of the book that's very much like, I'm going to make fun of another queer person to hide the fact that I myself am going through something. Because that is a thing that happens in a lot of queer literature to people. And, you know, in real life, they try to defer and that does happen later in the book as well she tries to hide something and it definitely affects cassidy in a negative way and the thing is like you're you're literally sitting there like oh well this lichtenstein is just so dull but like what what no stop stop that
1: you're a lawyer you're boring
0: <laughs> um to my brother who is a lawyer i apologize for my associate's comments uh we will retract that statement <laughs>
1: You're a lawyer who's boring and has ridiculous ideals about gender roles that are made entirely to infuriate me.
0: The whole book. The The whole whole book. The entire book. The entirety of the book. Even
1: even after she, like, starts hanging out with gays and is, like, around a bunch of lesbians (laughs) and non-binary people, she still, like, will start describing characters by being like, they had really masculine clothes on, but they looked like they were a girl. I don't understand. How come a girl's wearing boy pants? And I just like wanted to smash my face
0: into the wall. The fa- so Cassidy at one point you find out that she wears like boxer briefs or which like is boxers. So which,
1: attractive. Yeah.
0: I first of all I detest boxers. Um, not my thing. I don't like men who wear boxers. Let boxer it be known, to everyone. Maybe maybe even boxer briefs will allow that. Um, but I really detest boxers. I think they're gross. Um, I'm sure on a woman they will look beautiful. Um, I just don't like boxers at all. So when they were like, oh, Cassidy wears boxers, I was like, God fucking damn it, of course she does.
1: Um, I think my problem is that Cassidy is very much my type and Katie is the exact opposite of what I like.
0: Yes, and now it's fun that I'm learning what your type is right now via the podcast. Hey,
1: I just... I feel like
0: Do you like men who wear boxers? Because I feel like you wouldn't.
1: No. I I didn't love, think so. I love butch girls, but I love very feminine men.
0: That's why you love me so much.
1: Because you're beautiful.
0: Thank you. But uh that was like something that like the way like Cassidy is at first really I I think the absolute worst. Um almost well, yeah, could be have- worse than Katie.
1: Oh yeah. I mean okay so <laughs> <laughs> let's go kids I can't wait um I feel like and I I feel like it it kind of like leveled itself out but the for the majority of this book it very much felt like a hetero romance that just happened to be about two women
0: Yeah I can see that cuz The way that Cassidy is described, I hate saying this because it's very much like when two gay men get asked, like, well, who's the girl? And it's like, no one is. Unless one of us identifies as a woman, no one is the woman here. And in a female, with like a duo-female relationship, if no one here identifies as the man, no one here is the man. It's two people who happen to be the same gender. And Cassidy is very much... I I think self-identifies as the quote-unquote man in the relationship
1: yeah it's frustrating because I'm like I'm all here for like a butch woman like I'm here for it but at the same time I'm like okay so we have Cassidy who is on the surface and very much like portrayed as like a butch hyper masculine lesbian who is like just sleeps around is super like non-monogamous just like absolute just like which is fine but it feels like the toxic like male trope of a rom-com and then you have katie who's this like cute sweet girl who just wants everyone to be happy and love and like oh no here's this person who's like clearly doesn't want to be in a monogamous relationship with me and is extremely womanizing but like what if i can fix
0: them yeah it was very interesting and while reading it, I watched The L Word when I was a kid and...
1: I have notes about The L
0: Word. Oh my god, I hate Us. Oh I've
1: never finished because I hate it. Uh,
0: but I watched The L Word and it's very much like Jenny Schechter and yeah. Shane.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. But like yep, yep. Shane
0: takes better... Like if Shane were to take better care of himself.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. I'm like... I'm Having not actually finished The L Word, I think I stopped like in the middle of season 3 because I was like... This is too much. I can't handle this lesbian
0: drama. They're bringing it back. I know. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> um, but this is, like, always the thing that I have like, it just, it's, like, frustrating because it's, like, a character or, like, an archetype like, Sh- a Shane or, like, Cassidy. It's very much, like, this person can do whatever they want. I don't actually care if someone is, like, sleeps around or whatever, like, monogamy is lie whatever just do whatever the fuck you want but when it's like portrayed as like a flaw it starts to like go to this weird world of like because like all of their friends too like are telling Cassidy like oh you just like fuck around and whatever and it's like yeah but like what I I don't know just let it happen I, I feel like I'm not making my point correctly but
0: they're a, a group of people uh women and otherwise who don't uh like not that they don't believe in um uh, uh, monogamous relationships but they all don't subscribe to them and as soon as Cassidy is like even thinking about being in one and she's 30 (laughs) she's not that old I'm going to be 30 next year She, like, her friends start going off about, like, oh, like, you're wasting so much time on this girl, and it's, like, you're, like, head over heels for her, and it's just, like, this isn't gonna end well, and, like, this, this, and that, and I'm, like, I understand what people, like, rag on monogamy, like, fine, do your thing, but, like, if someone is deciding to, like, be in a relationship with someone, and monogamy is a part of their relationship like damn like you don't need to drag it that hard just because this is the one time they're deciding to be monogamous
1: yeah it is it very much just felt like it yeah again it just felt like it was like a hetero romance for a lot of it because it was like masculine partner feminine partner masculine partner has flaws wherein they are like promiscuous noncommittal, like aggressive not not aggressive, but, like...
0: Slightly aggressive.
1: Slightly aggressive. Not... Um, and then the feminine partner is, like, naive, like, just super trusting, and, like, oh, no, I've never in my life even thought of what a dildo could possibly be, oh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I
0: I feel like because I went to Spencer's as, like, a high school student, just like everyone else... Uh, I've seen those things before. I was even like, per- I guess like mature enough to understand like what they were for, and they were like I've known what that stuff was for forever. So I don't understand how like wildly sheltered this Southern Belle was. But like, uh, how do- how do you not know what any of these things are?
1: It's very distressing. I'm like I super super skipped ahead. But like, I feel like I was getting really aggro at the beginning, just because like everything Kat- Katie talks about is so focused on gender, and it has to be like, this is what boys do, this is what girls do. You're wearing a suit that's m- that's a man' clothes. Lady wear the skirt, boy wear the suit, and it's just like, and then and then it like you know worked itself out. It's fine. I understand this is like her building and understanding of like queer culture and stuff. But then she goes to a fucking sex shop, and I am entirely convinced that she's never had sex in her life. Probably has never seen, like, a dick in her life. She was dating a man for five years. I don't think they even looked at each other. I'm so confused.
0: Uh, I think you find it also at some point that uh, this is, like, I guess a spoiler, but I'm
1: sorry. I just like, needed to sex <laughs> no, it's about fine. The scene. It's
0: fine. You find out that she's never had an orgasm.
1: It's so upsetting. I Part hate of...
0: reading that. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. And I've, I've had so many girlfriends tell me that. And I'm like, sweetie, please, like, please tell me that like, you have at least given yourself one. Cause that's just like, that's sad to me.
1: Part of me is like, LOL, this is like a really funny, like, queer trope where it's kind of just like straight men don't know how to do the sex. They're bad at it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But I'm also like, this can't actually be real. Like, this, she's never masturbated. I just,
0: (laughs) this is literally, I think, the most graphic conversation we've ever had on the podcast. So I apologize. No, it's fine. I apologize if anyone's getting weirded out about this, but I don't necessarily care. Um,
1: put a warning at the beginning saying we're going to talk about doing the sex
0: doing the masturbation. Um no, but like I I feel like that is an important part of being a person is like understanding your wants and needs. And as a a person who is 28 years old who is literally the same age as me actually. So us, you're uh, you're 27, right? I'm 28. B. Yeah, yeah, you're we're both to, your birthday's after mine. There it is. Um I I would like to think that we've both at least <laughs> had a, at least one pleasurable experience in our life, and I feel bad for this woman because it sounds like she hasn't. And it is very much, like, a thing in, like, queer tropes that, like, oh, this, like, my I'm a straight woman, and this, like, lesbian keeps telling me that, like, I'm going to be able to get off for once in my life. And it's very much a trope, like you were talking about.
1: Yeah, it's so... <laughs> i feel like this whole book i was like fighting with myself because i was like this is dumb and it's false I'm, like no that's a bad thought don't that's like people do whatever they want but also i'm like no this is a dumb trope it shouldn't be reinforced but i'm like but it's also kind of true and it's like the whole time Yikes. i was like ah.
0: that's terrible um, um <laughs> I, felt... I, just was,
1: I just was like i was extremely upset with katie That she's never had an orgasm. I feel so bad for her. I want her to be better. I'm just, like, really distressed that she didn't have, like, a vibrator or anything. It seems like... Because she clearly... It's not... I'm also gonna... I feel like there's just... Talking about queer sexuality is, like, everyone's got their own thing going on. So it's not that she needs to have sex. It's not that. It's not like you aren't a human if you don't have a sex drive because ace people exist.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's that she's established as a human who has a sex drive, who has been in a relationship with a man for five years, presumably has sex with him, but has never enjoyed it, which is very distressing.
0: Yeah, and that's like, it's... it's. Very, it's, it's very upsetting. There's no, like, I can stutter my way around this conversation, but it's very upsetting. And I think this is the first book that we've read together that focused on, like, adult women, uh, ex- like, exploring sexual activity in a way that was, like, it, this book is very much written like a YA book, but at the same time, it's not. So, like, the reading is is easy to me. Uh, like, it was very easy to read. I enjoyed that I was able to sit down and just read it and not feel like, oh, I have to take a break because my mind is going to explode. I, like, kept reading because I was like, oh, interesting. I need to find out more about what's going on with Katie. But if she's been in a relationship with him for five years and she's 28, I understand if... During that time, you, like, in those five years, you didn't feel the need to have any kind of sex droid. That's fine. I completely get that. Did you, like, I just feel, I hope before you were in this relationship with this person that you were having a good time. If not, I understand, but I just, I feel really terrible for you.
1: There's also, like, a moment, like, where after, like, she starts, like, spending time with Cassidy and stuff. She's, like, starts fantasizing about her a little bit, which is, like, kind of, um, it's, like, a little unsettling to her just because she's, like, well, this person's, like, a woman. I've never, like, had feelings like this for, like, someone who's a woman before. But then also, like, doesn't seem to understand what being aroused feels like, which is, like, she, like, is, like, in her office and is, like, thinking about Cassidy and is, like, getting turned on. And is, like, confused by it. And I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It's
0: just... I think that part is more her being like, why am I having feelings for a woman? Which, in turn, makes her re-examine her, like, female relationships. Which, I guess because I was young when I came out, I didn't necessarily have to, like, do that. Because it wasn't, like, many, many, many long years of being friends with someone that you're like, wait, was I obsessed with them like I wanted to date them or like was I just like like I loved my friends like which one was it and I I can't imagine having to deal with that because god forbid anyone is too nice to me I'm like are you flirting with me I don't understand because I don't know how to read cues like that because I'm very bad at uh social cues when it comes to dating so I'm just always like people who are nice to me are confusing because I'm like, are you my friend or are you trying to flirt with me? And I think with this, it's very much like, she wants Cassidy to be her friend, but she also wants Cassidy to be a friend that gets her off, if you will.
1: An orgasm friend.
0: Yikes, that's gross. That's
1: <laughs> uh, from Buffy. I,
0: I went, oh, god damn it. <laughs> I knew I heard that. I was like, why did that give me a weird feeling?
1: It's Anya, of course, an orgasm friend. Of
0: course it's Anya.
1: Um... I feel like the majority of my notes are just, like, me being frustrated about, like, Katie constantly needing to, like, affirm people's gender and, like, put... Because there's even, like, a part where she, like, meets one of... It's either someone they meet... It's, like, a side character they meet in the bar or maybe it's, like, the woman who runs the sex shop. But her name is, like, Elizabeth. But she's, like, very masculine, gender-neutral looking. And Katie, like, makes a point of being, like why wouldn't you call yourself like Beth or Liz? Elizabeth is like too feminine of a name because you don't look like a woman enough. And it was like,
0: I forgot about that.
1: It just upset me so much.
0: I think that's the thing is like, she's an, an entry level, uh, queer person during this book. Yeah. And she's like going through all like their new thoughts. So like, Maybe if she was younger, she wouldn't be having all these thoughts because she'd be more um, inclined to have known these people already. I don't know how to say this correctly, but I guess maybe because, and granted, she's 28, she's not old, but she's, she's like, an adult. Yeah, she's like having questions that are, I don't want to say reasonable questions because that's not right, but she's having questions that like younger people people have when they're not, like, well-adjusted to something, I feel like.
1: Mm-hmm. I think um, I'm also being, like, hypercritical because each, like, cha- chapters, like, fluctuate back and forth, but they're told from the, like, perspective of the character. So we're basically hearing, like, Katie's unfiltered inner monologue. So, I mean, a lot of times, like, you think things, but you are, like, aware enough to, like, correct not yourself. say them. You wouldn't say it out loud, but it's something that's like we live in a society that like imbues these ideals into you. So like you'll look at a person who is maybe like masculine presenting and you'll think something about them and be like, oh, that's interesting because they actually look like a woman, but they're dressed. But you wouldn't say that. So I guess.
0: Yeah, the only people who actually say like who don't have an actual filter in which they say things like that are like when I get little kids at the store and they're like. Mommy, is that a woman or a man? Because I have long hair and I have a I have beautiful a beard. Breasts. Thank you. Yes, beautiful, huge boobs, and I also have a beard, and my voice is slightly on the more feminine side, and that's just how I describe myself. So, like, I understand that I'm confusing to children because they have been told that um, unless they're being raised by new age people or just like. <laughs> normal people, that men and women are specific things and there, there isn't something in the middle because it's quote unquote easier for them to understand. But people who sometimes look at me, they're like, Oh no, that's a dude. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I really don't care if you call me a woman. It used to offend me, but it really doesn't offend me because I understand that I am in a middle ground uh, visually. And Katie is very much like that little kid that's like, is that a man or a woman to his mom, like to her mom or dad and her mom and dad sound and her family just in general, just like her description, they are very, very, very old school sounding. And like the way when Cassidy sees a picture of her brothers, she immediately gets angry. She's like, oh, I bet they're, like, corn-fed. They don't know how to talk to people. Like, if they saw me, I would have to cross the street so I wouldn't have to be on the same side with them. And it's a very distressing, like, thought pattern because Cassidy's like, I could be wrong, but I know I'm not. And I shouldn't be having these thoughts, but I am.
1: hmm I mean, I think there's there's somewhat... There tries to be, like, a little bit of a balance between that because there I think there's, like, a, also a moment where Katie's like... Why would you assume, like, this about me because I'm Southern, blah, 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 blah. But it's just not the same thing.
0: No, it's not. Because, like, if you have Southern traditions, I uh, what I'm imagining, I'm from the quote-unquote North. So my idea of your Southern traditions are literally, like, happy homemaker housewife. And that's what she kind of wanted to be and that's kind of what her mom wanted her to be because that's what her mom is and there's even a point in the book where like katie is making herself chicken that like her mom taught her that she was going to make for like a husband one day and it was going to like make him fall like head over heels in love with him but with her sorry and uh it's very much like that's an old school way of thinking and it's very it's just very interesting that like it's mentioned very subtly in the book that she has this kind of like she was raised like this and then it's more throughout the end of the book, she's like, What I I don't know if I can bring home a person like you and my family be okay with it.
1: Yeah, I also while you were talking about this thinking, I don't think there is any person in the book who's traditionally feminine that isn't Katie. Or, like, a villain.
0: A villain, yes. All of the femme women that are, like, (laughs) trying to get Cassidy's attention are all, like, described as, like, stunningly beautiful and, like, very, quote-unquote, lipstick lesbian, if you will. And (laughs) it, like, upsets Katie. And I'm like, girl, if this is upsetting you that these women are talking to Cassidy, you've got a lady boner. There's
1: literally like a scene where she like signs on, she signs up for like a dating app so like we know that she's like athletic, 59, blonde with blue eyes and she's like how dare these like feminine women hit on my like person I don't know they like never like label themselves but like it's just kind of like okay but here's the thing um, femininity isn't a negative trait and also um, I don't know fuck you I guess I don't know
0: <laughs> The dating app portion was terrible And then of course she has that fucking panic attack And I'm like oh god damn it We've all been there and it's all been terrible And it just made I like, <laughs> Made me feel terrible for her And then of course she goes to Cassidy after that And I'm like oh Cassidy no
1: Oh no There's like there's parts of this that I really liked because it's like traditional rom-com So there's like
0: yes for sure
1: There's, like, a meet-cute, and there's, like, they start off, and they're, like, not really, they're both kind of, like, at each other, like, "Mm, I don't like you, I don't trust you, and then, like, we get, like, a part where, like, uh, Katie's in trouble, and she doesn't, like, no one else can help her, so she has to go to Cassidy, and then Cassidy, like, helps her, and she's, like, really sweet, and then there's, like, there's a lot of these, like, really nice moments, I just, like, I felt like I was just getting really aggravated by, like, some of the some of the things that were being, like, perpetuated in the text, and it, like, again, it makes sense, because it's about a person, like, discovering queer culture, so it makes sense that she wouldn't understand a lot of things, but it was still, like, a little frustrating, because I was like, ooh, this is gonna be good, it's gonna be a book about, like, adult women, this is great, like, it's just gonna be, like, a nice, like, romantic, like, cute little book, and I was like, uh, it's basically just, like, the coming out story again. She's frustrated. Those I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be another coming out story. But
1: I mean, it, it, no, it's good because, like, not everyone comes out when they're a teenager. Some yep. people come out when Correct. they're, like, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, you know, people come out when they're, like, in their 80s. Like, it's not universal that people have to come out when they're teenagers, but it also is very much like, when you come out, whatever age you are, you kind of maybe act like a teenager.
0: You might because... be a baby idiot because you... Someone once told me that the the reason why uh, sometimes gay men are immature is because they had to... They're, like, starting over. So if you think about it with, like... I forgot how they worded it, but it was basically, like, you don't come out until you're, say, 15. So you're, st- like you are starting to give yourself like rules and like behaviors and they might not match your actual age because of when you came out. So like, uh, I don't know how to word this properly, but like Katie's having like questions that like a baby gay person would have about the community.
1: I feel like I've heard people um, say stuff like this specifically geared towards like fashion, because when you, when you're like a teenager you Like, no one looks good when they're, like, a tween. Like, everyone dresses dumb because you don't know what clothes are or, like, what fits you or what works. You just kind of, like, want to wear whatever you think is cool. So if you come out when you're older and you decide that you want to start wearing more masculine clothes or more feminine clothes or just change your style, you have to go through that, like, awkward period of, like, I'm not really sure what to do with myself because I didn't have, like, the adolescence of, like, wearing, like, weird clothes when I was actually a kid. It happened when I was, like, adult. And it's just a strange transition to, like, you know what I mean? Does it make sense?
0: No, it does. Because uh, I know that when I first came out, I felt like I was very uh, extra. And I'm the right amount no. of extra now. I'm the very perfect amount of extra now. And it's because I'm more comfortable as myself. So it wasn't, like... I don't necessarily care if I come off as quote unquote flamingly homosexual to a stranger because I truly don't give a shit if I come off as the gayest thing you've ever met. Sure, if <laughs> I feel bad for you because I'm I don't think I am, but if that's what you think, okay, fine. Um and uh I I felt like when I had first come out, I didn't necessarily like know who I was as a person because I was very much I thought I was Brendan the straight person and I i was okay with that and then I started realizing that I very much was not and then you kind of have to come up with a new identity just like you when you're you know say your body changes you have to learn how to dress differently or you dress the same way whatever I'm I dress differently according to my body type now than I did when I was in college and it's because it's everything changes as you get older and you become more comfortable with yourself as a person. It that is very much like what Katie is going through. She's becoming more comfortable as a person. And as the book goes, she becomes better. In my opinion, I, you could say otherwise, but she and Cassidy both become better people towards the end of the book. And it's by working with each other. Cause Cassidy like kind of when she acts, when Katie acts dumb, Cassidy calls her out on it and vice versa. And they, they do it to each other. So they're both making themselves like better people by being around each other. Uh, in my opinion,
1: no. I think I think there's definitely a good balance of like they help each other become better people. I just think that like Katie inherently started with more flaws as someone yes. who is like clearly raised in a conservative like household and has conservative ideals. As for like most of Cassidy's flaws are like she doesn't believe in monogamy, which is not is is technically like a flawed in some aspects because she there is a few moments where she talks about like her cheating with on partners, but it seems like where she's established in the book, she's since just kind of been like, I just like sleep around and I date who I want to date and that's fine. So it's kind of like Yeah, it's probably not a good idea to be like promiscuous if you are committed to a person in a monogamous relationship. But if you are It's not necessarily
0: a flaw. Yeah, because you both could be, like, under the idea where it's like, hey, um, I know we're dating, but uh, how do you feel about being in an open relationship? And it's discussed between two adults, and it's fine. Whereas, like, if your partner thinks that you're being monogamous and you're not, that's like, herein lies the issue with you not being monogamous, because you're in a relationship with a person that wants to be monogamous, and you don't. And that's fine, uh, because there are all different types of relationships. Um, I've had... Friend, like conversations with friends who are like Yeah I need to tell so and so That I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship anymore But I still want to be with them And I'm like oh that's all you Because I don't know how to give you advice on that Because I've never been in that situation And uh, I have I, I don't know how I would Give advice for that
1: I feel like I mean same I also feel like um, There's like a lot of times where I do Have friends who are in open relationships And they have like some of the healthiest relationships I've ever seen in my life. Because like, if you have multiple partners, you have to be really, really good at communication between your partners because like, they have to know like, if you're going to start dating someone else or like, if you're not really dating this person, but you're like kind of hanging out with them or like something like that. And it's just, it's just something that's so beautiful about the queer community (laughs) is that it's like acceptable that like, because uh I don't understand. I don't know what I'm trying to say but like
0: monogamy isn't always a thing in the queer community and that that could be good or bad depending on who you're talking to and yeah. it's cool that um a lot of queer people can have the adult conversation where it's like hey I love you and I want to come home to you tonight but I also want to <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> can I bring my friend Brad?
0: Yeah, can I blow a load on someone else later tonight? Is that okay with you?
1: I think that there's just a lot more of tradi- quote-unquote traditional values that are embedded into heterosexual relationships and people who are in straight relationship and continue to be in straight relationships and wouldn't identify as queer at all still don't feel comfortable being in any kind of like alternative relationship because it just seems like something that's like forbidden and it's like very strict. So I think, I think that's changing a lot, but, and I I've don't... had so
0: many, uh, couples on Tinder message me and I like swipe right. Cause I'm like, Oh, handsome dude. And I match. And then I find out as a couple and they're like, we're looking for a third. And it's like a man and a woman. And I'm like, I can't, I, I, nope, I can't do that. I'm sorry. i I, uh, wouldn't know how to please a lady.
1: Um the fucking minefield of couples on dating apps when you are openly bisexual on a dating app is like horrendous. The amount I of feel times, bad for you. The amount of times when I was like actively on dating apps that I would be like talking to a person for like weeks. Like we would be talking and then like after like cuz I very much like I'm not going to meet a person like right away like I want to like Feel them out at first, and like the amount of times I'd be talking to person for weeks, and then like casually in a conversation, like a month into talking, they'd be like, "Yes, yeah, so my girlfriend, blah blah blah," or like, "Oh yes, yeah, so my boyfriend, blah blah." I'm like, okay, like you need to be upfront about this because I'm not, I'm I'm just trying to find one person. I don't need like, and it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating.
0: I. Very Hand much. It uh, no, it's fine. I understand what you're talking about. I love that this book has opened a conversation for us about this, like actual sexuality and you know gender roles and also like open relationships versus like monogamy. I didn't, th- it, and I didn't think that was going to happen when we were talking about this book um, because it's very much like it's all on topic, but also it's a very important issue within our community, and I didn't think that was going to happen today.
1: I feel like I read this book and as frustrated as I was with some of the like just literal texts that I was reading the whole time I was like oh this is going to be interesting because like we talk- I want to talk about gender roles and I want to talk about like monogamy and I want to talk about like hetero sex versus like gay sex and like all of this stuff and I'm just like this book is I feel like as soapy kind of like dramatic as it appears on the outside i think it talks a lot about things that are like really important to the queer community
0: which is funny because it's wrapped in the gaze of a romance novel because when i first got this i was like oh it's like the even the cover art it's like two women kissing and it's like an overlay of like their faces and like this like the the handwriting is like inscripty and it's just like it looks like a very cutesy meet cute kind of book and it doesn't look like it's going to have a lot of um I don't know how to describe it, a lot of meat where it's just, like, something other than, like, we met, we're dating, we're not dating, we're mad at each other, we're dating. Like, it, it's much more than that. And that was why I was, like, kind of excited to talk to you about this book because I was, like, I'm actually seeing more into the book than I expected. And my friend Sam, who gave it to me, she, <laughs> she told me that she is reading um, – uh, is it Camille Camille's other book right now while also reading a psychology book. So she's going back and forth between them, which is very funny. But she told me that she was very interested in it. And whatever a friend is like, I love this book. I was very interested. I think you would like it too. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm going to love this. And I it was I liked it for the right now, especially the discussion points, more so than, like, their relationship, but also their relationship was very interesting because it was, like, uh, I'm introducing a fledgling to the community, and the community, like, is a bunch of different kinds of people, and it's very much, like, at a watering hole where you can, like, people watch, and it's all different people there, and it's not just, like, one cookie-cutter kind of person. And it was was very interesting, and I I actually enjoyed myself reading it.
1: I think... I think something that's, like, really cool and kind of, like, not necessarily inherent in, I think something that comes with having a queer relationship is that you just have to be more open about things that you don't necessarily need to talk about in, like, a vanilla hetero relationship. Because, like, everything aside, like, people can do whatever they want, but, like, The basic, basic, basic of, like, a man and a woman, if they're dating, they're going to have sex, you kind of know what's going on. Like, you just, you know what you need to do. If it's two women or two men or, like, a non-binary person and, like, anything where the, like, the very, like, solid gender line that exists in our society is not there anymore, you need to talk about who's doing what.
0: (laughs) I feel like... Maybe it was just, like, my education on, like... (laughs) I hate that I know my mom is going to listen to this episode, but... Hi, mom. (laughs) But uh, I hate that I know she's going to listen to it, but I feel like my sex education, which... Mind you, I had in fifth grade, and it was, like, more so, like, health education, if you will. Um,
1: Yeah, it's about, like, preventative things of, like, pregnancy and STIs and things like that. It isn't, like, this is how you give pleasure to your partner. This isn't
0: how you boof a dude or a woman, like, you know, but... um, This is
1: how you hold a tit.
0: (laughs) This is how you hold my titty. But the thing that my high school did that was really cool, I don't know if yours had it, was something called High Tops. And it was people your age talking to you about sex and sexual education and teaching you how to, like, use condoms and stuff on a banana, obviously. But (laughs) it sounded like I was describing something else. But uh, I appreciated it because they had, like, everyone. It wasn't just, like, heterosexual people is like gay people people like every kind of walk of life which i really appreciated so you were able to have like open conversations where it's like hey i am like i don't know how to like ask questions about this because no one knows how to ask questions about sex when they're uh, 14 to 18, no one, uh, if you do, good for you, but I, I didn't, and there were people who were really nice, that were like, you need to do this on your own time, and you, in terms of like, you need to do this when you're comfortable, and this book is very much like, Katie doesn't understand how sex works with a woman, I, I don't really either between two women, but because I'm not a, a lady, also having intercourse with the lady, so I don't necessarily need to know how to. But um, I know how gay sex works
1: I think there was There was also a lot of um, There wasn't necessarily sex scenes In this book but there no, were No which like, is
0: funny that the whole conversation we've had Has been about sex
1: I'm here to talk about sex hello
0: Let's talk um, about sex baby
1: Um, It's very much like if this were a movie It would be like a PG rom-com Because there's like the before and after Of the sex but there isn't the actual Sex scenes but like Every time there's a sex scene with Katie, she's very much like, "I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before." And then Cassie's like, "Don't worry, baby, I got you." And it's just kind of like, Ugh, "This is very cheesy and whatever." But also, this is a person who's like, "I don't know what I'm doing." Literally, help me. And then Cassie's like, "I'm going to be a supportive partner and help
0: me. I'm poor
1: <laughs> and like help you with stuff and help you understand things." There's also. A scene... I'm sorry, I just remembered this.
0: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Spoilers, they have sex. Whatever. Um. There's, like, a scene where they're, like, after they have, like, a particularly, like, uh, something happen. But there's, like, I think Katie says something, like, I don't know, like, You felt like you were, like, elbow deep or something, blah, blah, blah. And Cassidy's like, something like that. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, honestly, um, that also
0: happened in Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl. Um, They talk about, like, I guess, fisting.
1: It has to be fisting. (laughs) I I don't understand. Just, like, I couldn't. (sighs) I was just like oh god that was just so intense because it was so like sweet and just like we're gonna just do like little things and like blah, blah blah nothing crazy that was, was like, the most intense yeah, sexual conversation
0: yeah <laughs> you you put a whole leg in me <laughs> i was like oh um, no and it's just like oh my god i did <laughs> i was very like clutching my pearls because i read that and i was like oh, okay, I'm just going to skirt by that, because uh, that was definitely a conversation about fisting.
1: And I was like, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast.
0: But yes, that happened.
1: I think, no, because this book is very much like, this is about queer people and queer relationships, and it's very, like, gay all over. But then also, like, when they talk about sex, it's like, no, this is queer sex. Here we go, kids.
0: There's no barrier in terms of it, and it's like... (laughs) It's just, like, very interesting, and I like I like that it's sex positive, because um, that's always nice. Hell yeah. Um, do, you, do you have anything else you want to talk about other than sex?
1: I'm only here for sex.
0: Um, let me <laughs> refer to my notes. Let me refer to my notes.
1: I do—oh, okay, I have, like, one actual point that I wanted to make, because it was, like, a moment in the book where I was like, oh, this is shit is really good, but also I have some funny points to make.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: Uh, Basically, I came up with some alternative titles for this book.
0: Oh, great. Let's hear them.
1: One of them is When Katie Met the Men's Clothing Department. Whoa. (laughs) Because literally every single time she describes Cassidy's clothes, she's like, that's something a man would wear. This is what men wear. There's men's clothes everywhere. There's like a whole scene where she's like in her monologuing for like five minutes trying to figure out if Cassidy wears a bra or not. It's just like. Oh, the
0: sports bra (laughs) conversation.
1: Yeah, just ooh, uh, ooh. there's where um, after they like smooch, she's like smooch. <laughs> smooch. She's like, oh, I kissed a girl and I think I liked it. And I was like, don't reference Katy Perry. Don't reference Katy Perry. And, she and then does. she fucking reference Katy Perry. and I
0: wanted She to said she die. liked it, but there weren't any other notes after that. And I was just like, haven't we gotten past this?
1: I thought we were done with this. Um, this is, uh, the other alternative title that I had for this book is, um, Katie learned that men don't know how to do the sex. Uh,
0: I don't have any notes to rebuttal that because, uh, it's not my wheelhouse.
1: Um, I also, all I know
0: is that I feel bad for Katie. (laughs)
1: I'm so sorry, Katie. I also had, Um, One note here, which is funny, because when you first meet Katie, it's mentioned, like, twice within one chapter that the heels she's wearing are Dior heels. And I was having people like us flashbacks and thought everyone's clothing was going to start getting described by brand name. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, I got to leave now. Well, they're both rich. That's
0: That's why it happens. Um. I think they're both rich. I don't know. They're lawyers um, in both, New York.
1: They're both super rich. They live in New York. They uh, Cassidy has an apartment in Chelsea. It's
0: um, a glass apartment.
1: Katie has two apartments. She's living, she's living with her fiance. She's been living with this man and still pays rent on an apartment on the upper west side because she when she breaks up with him, she could just move back into her apartment. It's still there. She's been paying rent on a place she doesn't live in in New York City. What? <laughs>
0: Well, she doesn't have any student loans to pay off, clearly.
1: (gasps) Oh, my God. Okay. The one point that I really did want to make, and I've been thinking about this for, like... I think about this all the time, and I still don't think I have uh, an answer for myself. But, um... Are you familiar with the, like, term ring of keys moment?
0: No, I'm not.
1: Okay. So... In, we're going to go down a little rabbit hole, um, in the musical Fun Home, which is based off of a comic book that is written by, um, Alison Bechdel, um, there's a moment where she describes seeing a delivery woman, like a UPS delivery woman, when she's a kid who is an extremely, like, masculine-presenting woman, and she's, like, super hyper-fixated on the, like, ring of keys that she wears on her pants. And it's, like, the first time she sees another person in the world who, like, dresses and interacts with their gender the way that she wants to interact with her gender. And it becomes this, like, in- imprint on her that it's, like, this ring of keys is very important. So I've heard a lot of queer people say that when they see someone who presents the way that they wish they presented in the world, that's their, like, ring of keys moment. <coughs> um I feel like I have been thinking about this for like a long time and I cannot like pin it down to like a specific thing, but I just wanted to bring it up and I was wondering if you had a moment like that that you could think of off the top of your head.
0: <laughs> I don't think I have a ring of keys moment only because, um, I think I was told so often before I came out that I was gay, but other people who were bullying me that I don't think I got to genuinely have one of those. Um, maybe they're not related, but I feel like because I was just told so often that I was, uh, I just like it I, it was presented to me. And so I was like, oh, this must be right and it was. but um I don't think that there was for me a specific person that I looked at and was like, Oh, you're like who I want to like model myself after. And that Katie, uh, not Katie Cassidy has one of those moments. She has that moment with the woman that she like takes a picture of with her cell phone. Um, to like, she loves that. Like she loves her style of her haircut, like the way that she dressed. She has one of those moments.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's like a freshman in college and sees a woman who's wearing a button down shirt like a masculine jacket and has like short cropped hair, and this is like she's describing it when she's she's younger. So she was still like a tomboy, but had like long hair, always in a ponytail. And she like sees this woman and is like, "Holy shit! Like that's what I want to be." And I was immediately like, "Oh fuck!"
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I naturally had one of those and now I wish I if I did I knew if I had one or not so that is very interesting thank you
1: I just yeah I feel like I'm always thinking about that because I'm also always changing I feel like I fluctuate pretty evenly between like feminine and masculine but I'm like I feel like I always kind of fall back a little bit more towards masculine because I like looking like a little bit butch like a soft butch that's what i aim to be
0: soft butch i feel like you and i are both very much like that we were very much in the middle like i would like to appear more masculine it's never going to happen uh i am just like a person that depending on the conversation the time of the day and the weather i'm very much here or there and i think uh That's a cool thing about me because I feel like I can appear to be masculine, but I can also appear to be very feminine. Uh, And I feel like you're the same way where, like, you – I've seen you, like, both in a day, like, look, like, masculine and then, like, hyper-feminine. And it's just, like – it's a fun way to be, like, back and forth.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think, I feel like if I really think about it and I kind of, like, look through some th- some things, I could pinpoint, like, some fucking, like, Disney Channel original movie where there's, like, Like, I can't remember her name, but the girl who, the one girl in the group of rollerbladers in the movie Brink, she wears, like, camo pants, but, like, crop tops, and she's, like, super cute, but also, like, really, like, masculine. I feel like there's just, like, a moment in time in the, like, early 2000s where there was, like, this good, like, femme butch girls, and I was like, those, that's who I want to be. This is who I want to be when I grow up. Um... I'm going to think about it. If I think of something, I'll put it on Twitter. And also, if anyone has, like, they know. If they know, I want to know. I want to know people's Ring of Keys moments.
0: I would like to know, too. I think that should be uh, part of this conversation. So tell us if you decide to do the Audible thing, which book you go with, and also if you have had a Ring of Keys moment. And uh, I would love to hear more about it. I don't have anything else on the book, because uh, other than I like the style of writing, it was easy to read, um, It, it at the end, I think it has a good ending, um, it was a cute ending, and they mention something in it uh, that I've made jokes about, uh, if only because... Uh, <laughs> It's a U-Haul situation. Um,
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I saw that and I was like, why does every lesbian make that joke that I know? but uh, it's true,
1: because it's facts.
0: (laughs) Yikes. Um, Well, uh, I have nothing else to say. Sophie, what about you?
1: I don't think so, because I think all the things I want to say are kind of spoilery. And I'll talk to you after we're done recording. I have some things I want to say. but uh, I'm
0: about to get yelled at, guys.
1: (laughs) No, no. I think overall... I enjoyed the book. I feel like I've enjoyed it more now that we've talked about it a little bit more. Um,
0: this book I, is deeper than we both thought it was going to be.
1: Whoops, it's accidentally. Oops, oops all sex. <laughs> oops, all gender.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you for being on this episode with me, Sophie, because uh, I loved having your input, and especially since it's a book about in women, I thought it would be uh, good to have a woman talk to me. And
1: yeah, we're gonna read a lot of books about ladies
0: this year. I, I would like that, please and thank you. Um, I know that Caleb Roerig's new book, "Death Prefers Blondes," uh, has a main character who is bisexual, and uh, I feel like we should also read that next.
1: Oh. Hell yeah, yeah. We're definitely gonna read some books about ladies, and we're gonna read some books about bisexuals this year because it's twenty by two. Yes,
0: ma'am. Yes, uh, <laughs> ready. I, I
1: just, I just turned into Gentle Marbles a little bit, and I'm gonna pull it back.
0: <laughs> oh no, you're doing the thing that you used to do when I was around you all the time. We're not gonna mention <laughs> that. Um. Um,
1: I just have been. She just, she's like really great. I love her a lot. Anyway.
0: Um, oh gosh. All right. Well. Um, thank you can cut you. that out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this longer episode, everyone. Um, It's always a good time when Sophie's here. Thank you so much for coming back and celebrating our new year of 20 by teen. And, uh, yeah, let's let's see if I can get this ending right. Uh, My name is Brendan Patrick. This is Sophie G. And you've been listening to Super Lit.
1: Happy 20 by teen.